This is DWZ Podcast with J-Rod here, deleted WrestleZone's very own podcast of professional wrestling of AEW, NXT, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, the National Wrestling Alliance, various promotions, wrestlers, matches, and championships. I am your host, J-Rod here, folks. So welcome back to another episode here on this podcast. So we got a few things we want to talk about. As you know, this past Saturday, we had Impact Wrestling's Bound for Glory. Man, it was a good show. We just saw the debut of the Inspiration. We saw a crown a brand new X Division champion. We have a hell of a knockouts match. And of course, the world, the Impact World Championship match. So, let's begin with, of course, seeing the Iconics. Or should I say, the Inspiration making their Impact Wrestling debut. I think it was... Probably be how Ace Austin would say inevitable they were going to be there because I think they are a legit tag team. And I think many fans. Now, their match was not posted on the actual pay-per-view. It was part of the countdown to Bound for Glory, which is okay. I mean, thing is, I don't know how much longer did they had on their on their timing. But seeing them win the, t- uh, the knockouts tag team titles, it... Shows that they want to take these seriously because keep in mind the knockouts tag team division were one of the hottest tag teams in Impact's history when they were known as TNA, and I think it was fun. But let's just talk about the what the vacant X Division Championship. As you recall, Josh Alexander actually had to exercise option C in order to get a shot of the Impact World Championship, and of course. They had a series of triple threats. We had El Fantasmo, Steve Macklin, and Trey Miguel. Man, that match was intense but incredible. Now, you have two guys who are like high flyers, and then you got this one guy who was almost in a similar version of Josh Alexander, but much deadlier. You know, I don't know, because I would like to see him versus Josh Alexander one these days. But yeah. And I think it's it's very incredible that they actually were making this happen for all of us, you know, to see it. But my biggest happiness was seeing finally Trey Miguel accomplish something that he always wanted. I think the X Division title was part of the goals that he felt like he had unfinished business with. Many people said, why didn't he go with um, MSK with him to, of course, to... NXT. The reason is he said there is still some goals he wanted to finish, and I think this is one of them. And I think I don't find that completely, how do I say, wrong about it. But yeah. And I forgot to mention this. As you know, Impact Wrestling has a brand new championship, the digital media. I did not see that match, but I can tell you who the winner is. It's, of course, Jordan Grace. It's great that she has a title. And I think it's going to be interesting. It is. I think we're going to see a lot more of the intergender matches in Impact Wrestling because they took a chance on this not too long ago. But we'll see how they're going to go forward with this. Now, let's move on to, of course, the knockouts championship between Deanna Perrazzo and Mickey James. Man, that match was insane. It was more like a battle of you got Deanna Perrazzo who is trying to prove that she is the dominant one, that she isn't. But you look at Mickey James, who's trying to fight not only for herself, but for her her family. As you know, 
Diana Brazo showed up at her house and attacked her. And that kind of made it personal. And I think this match showed that Mickie James, no matter what, that she will always be a legend, but one of the most greatest wrestlers we have watched over the years, you know. And I think it fits in perfectly. But it was great that she finally obtained the Knockouts Championship and, of course, beating Diana Prazo. But my biggest reaction, I want to see this coming Thursday, is what's going to happen? Is she going to bitch about it, you know? Diana Prazo losing, saying this is a conspiracy theory? Well, I don't know. But I'm kind of curious about that myself, you know? <laughs> now let's talk about also um, the... Well, first things first, the Impact World Tag Team Towers, they didn't bright the hype that I thought, but having the Good Brothers retain them, that would make sense, but we'll see if that... But right now, let's talk about the main event, which was the the Impact World Championship between Josh Alexander and Christian Cage. That match was balls to the walls, one of the most incredible matches I've ever watched in my life. Basically, I was... I think many fans would have root that it should be Josh Alexander to win the match because he feels that he should be the one being the face of the company. If you all recall when Kenny Omega was in fact the Impact World Champion, it was no it was more like the invasion of AEW or so whatever it was, but now that he's not showing up and that kind of plays out pretty well, you know, and I think we probably could appreciate that right there. But having Josh Alexander becoming the Impact World Champion, it's one of the best moments. But however, it was short-lived when we saw Moose, who was involved in the Collier Shot Tournament. He just made his shot and, and beat Josh Alexander for the Impact World title. This is something that Moose, and I always say this, Moose is determined to prove he is the best wrestler in the world and that he's a wrestling god. But the real question is going to play is, is Josh Alexander going to do something about it? Because I know he wants to regain that title that he felt that he should have not lost to begin with. But Moose made a, uh, how do I say, a strategic move which favored him. But what's going to be the fallout coming this Thursday for for impact well we'll just wait and see now as you know new japan pro wrestling has finished with the g1 which is their annual tournament to me this is one of those memorable events that i enjoyed a lot the reason i say this is this the finals it determines who will be the lucky competitor to go to wrestle kingdom and challenge for the iwgp um, World Heavyweight Championship. Now we've seen many of them has completed. But as you heard about what happened, Kota Ibushi got injured. It was sad, devastating. I couldn't even believe it that this is, did that happen? And I'm sure Okada felt like he can't even believe it himself. He won the match. I mean, he accepted it, but to him, he did not want to win it like this. And I think he, because I think many fans were what to prefer. I want to see an actual match, you know. And I don't blame people for asking too much, you know. And that kind of tells it all. But 
something had to happen. And but well, I guess this is how it had to be. But frankly, they had to move forward with it. Now, let's talk about something very interesting. I mentioned this before, not too long ago. Emmy Sakura moved to the U.S. because she was, in fact, going full-time to, of course, AEW. Now, it appears because of that, Emmy Sakura is starting a Choco Pro USA. And it appears there are some people that are interested in the entire show. Now, you probably ask me this right now. Who could be interested in being part of it? Well, right now we saw Excalibur who's interested in it because he... He's a fantastic commentator. He's very knowledgeable in, in that in the neck of the woods. So it, I wouldn't mind seeing that. So he may be commentating with the phone and all that. However, the real question is, who will be participating? Fortunately, I did mention once, I don't know if you heard this, it appears that we had our first person who responded. And that person is none other than Red Death himself and the new acquisition from AEW, Daniel Garcia. Yes, folks. Daniel Garcia is really interested. He even left a, twit, a, a tweet to Emi Sakura saying he wants to go to Japan and compete in Choco Pro. But however, because she is the one who runs the whole thing, she wants to bring it to the United States. Now, apparently it's already been announced, and it's still no confirmed date yet, that the first opponent will be none other than Lulu Pencil, Emi Sakura's protege and one of her wrestlers have been following around and you know all of that but it kind of fits in into it great way and of course M uh, Lulu gave Daniel Garcia like um, Choco Pro stuff you know like uh, shirts the towel and all that as welcome to be part of the show and that sort of thing and of course we just had an interesting development coming from Choco Pro USA the first ever Junkin Tournament. Now, for those who don't know what Junkin Tournament is, I'll tell you what it is. Junkin Tournament is a kind of tournament where you play rock, paper, scissors. Now, these guys take this whole thing very serious. Now, you can treat it as fun and games, but when it comes to doing Junkin with the Japanese, you got to be serious about it. No fun and games. So, the first competitor that took the shot was none other than Dark Order member Evil Uno. Yes, you heard me right. Evil Uno is, in fact, tried it. And his first opponent is none other than Emi Sakura. And I think it was a good show. I think it was fun. However, Evil Uno beat Emi Sakura for the piece of chocolate. So, and it was fun. And, of course, during a one of Evil Uno's vlogs... Uh, Lulu Pencil also gave him those uh, the shirts and giveaways that for Choco Pro. I think we may see Evil Uno participate in Choco Pro. I think it's going to be fun. I, I can't wait to see that. It's still no word when that's going to happen, but it will. And once that happens, I will give more information. But the latest indivi uh, individual to participate in Junkin is Nala Rose. Now, some of you probably say, what does Nala Rose know about Junkin? Easy. If you guys know this or not. 
she even toured in um in Japan prior long before AEW and I, I think I don't remember which promotion she she was involved with. I mean, she had mentioned this on several um how do I say in several of um you know her interviews. I don't remember which one. But yeah, and that kind of fits in and she knows much about it. And the the best part is it was so fun to see her in it because uh she knows exactly her opponent was Lulu Pencil, and she got the chocolate. And she ate it with the wrap. I thought it was crazy. But I wouldn't mind seeing her in um, in Choco Pro USA. But the real question is, who will be taking this seriously? I mean, you know who I would love to see appear in Choco Pro? Here are my in USA. Here are the people I definitely would love to see. I would like to see Orange Cassidy. Serpertinko. Well, uh, maybe uh, Chris Satlander. Possibly Ruby Soho. Now, Kenny Omega, the Bucks, maybe. But that depends if they are up for it. Now, who else can I see involved in this? I don't know, but... But of course, Rio and Hikaru Shida, I know definitely they would appear because if you know this or not, both Rio and uh, Emi Sakura were protégés, of course, of Emi, of Emi Sakura back then. They even showed up doing this type of events. Uh, Rio did her homecoming last year in Choco Pro, and Hikaru Shida actually did a special guest referee during one of the matches for Choco Pro, and it was fun. But yeah, now, speaking of Choco Pro, if you guys have been following recently, recently there has been development over the top title, which is the main one, the Super Asia Championship. Uh, Minoru Fujita, who is the current champion, is unable to compete. Um, I'm not sure if because of the bookings he's been getting in. There's been uh, trying to set up a number one contendership. Originally, it was supposed to be the first one they had was John versus John Shiru versus Yano Mizumuri, and they both ended in a time limit draw. Then Masa Takanashi stepped in and be the third participant, and then Balian Aki also stepped in. And then later it was announced that, of course, it's going to be a four-way number one contendership. But because Masa has spoken to Minoru Fujita, the current uh, Super Asia champion. He's unable to do it. So they came up with a solution to have an interim title. And that's going to be taking place on the 6th of November. So if you guys are planning to watch that match, you better go on YouTube and see it. But first click uh, Got to Move Pro Wrestling and you can find it right there. So And once Minoru Fujita comes back, there will be a unification of both titles. The interim and the actual title itself. And that kind of fits in into its own way, and I'm kind of uh, curious. Oh, excuse me, with the whole thing. Now, the last thing I'm going to talk about is the growing of one of New Japan's biggest and more dominant factions. I'm talking about the United Empire. 
as you know, it started out with Will Ospreay, then Great Khan, and then Jeff Cobb joined. And then all of a sudden, we saw Hinora, Aaron Hinare join. We haven't seen him for quite a while, according to what reports were saying. He was injured by a neck injury. But all of a sudden, when uh, Will Ospreay left after his injury, he ended up going to L.A. with the so-called title that he thinks is the real one. But apparently, he's been appearing in Ref Pro. Now, he was supposed to have these guys called the Young Guns to join him. But however, that was employed. He apparently already approached the perfect team, and that is none other than one of the most well-recognized tag teams in the independent circuit from the UK all the way to Australia. And I'm talking about Aussie Open, which they are, are fantastic. And they fit the mold, and that kind of put them in because, as you know, they became the Ref Pro Undisputed Tag Team Champions. And that kind of played itself in the storyline. But the latest acquisition was none other and took place in Autumn Attack, where TJP turned his back on the Young Lions and sided with Will Ospreay. So basically it's because Osprey believes that the LA Dojo Young Lions are not good enough to keep New Japan strong going as it's supposed to be. And, of course, insulting Shibata. And the Young Lions right now, they want blood. And, of course, it's going to stay out. Now, there's rumors and speculation about Robbie Eagles. As you know, it was Will Ospreay who brought Robbie Eagles to New Japan. And they're saying, will he join? I don't know. That is, like, the real question we're kind of answering ourselves. And I don't know. I mean, it would make sense for him to join because, A, if you guys know this, or not, during the time of the pandemic, Robbie Eagles had teamed up with Ozzy Open. They were known as a, fa as a faction with Pro Wrestling Australia. And I don't remember the name of it, but it kind of would make sense. And second of all, he is also a one of the most well-recognized wrestlers in all of the world as one of the most uh, interesting junior heavyweights. But that is still unclear on that. But if there is any speculations that Robbie Eagles will turn on chaos, I don't know. But uh, we'll just put a pin on that when, to find out more information. Now, I'm keeping this episode short for all of you because uh, apparently I got some errands to do. And I got things to do as soon as that because, A, I'm going back to my regular job for the next two days. But I will continue to follow what's going on in wrestling. Just to remind all of you, we have more on New Japan Pro Wrestling for the road of Power Struggle. It already happened. We already passed day two. Uh, don't forget, we got NXT Halloween Havoc taking place. Also, NWA will have Empower on the latest Tuesday episode, which is going to be great. I'm excited for that. And what else? Uh, let's see. What else can I? Oh, yeah. Cannot forget the dynamite. It's going to happen on Wednesday as well. They're continue with the eliminator, eliminator matches for both AEW World Title and the TBS Title, and many other things that I'm definitely, definitely, definitely going to pay attention about. But for now, I'll see you guys in the next DWZ podcast. On this DWZ podcast, I must bid all of you adieu. 
So goodbye. Mwah. And have a nice day. Bang!